you with another minisode it's your host my brown how's everyone doing today so let's get right into it because there's a couple things i actually really like to talk about with you guys so first off just got out the movie theaters after seeing uh the new ninja turtles movie just uh i believe it's ninja turtles mutants of man oh no it's not even mutants of man it's a uh, mutant mayhem that is a fun movie let me tell you guys, if you guys were wondering about how the new Seth Rogen film uh, involving the Ninja Turtles would go, I'm happy to say that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. That one was a fun one. Um, especially if you've been liking your animated movies, it's just a nice follow-up to Spider-Verse. It took a ton of the lessons from the original Spider-Verse film and just did its own thing. And then as far as a Ninja Turtles property goes, I think it's a really nice take on the Turtles. I gen- I, like I genuinely walked out of the theater just with like this help, uh, heartfelt um, feeling about everything. They just did a really cool job with it. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I mean, obviously the movie's dope. Um, art style is going crazy with like these rougher, more character designs. It's like you really get to they really push a really interesting, rougher art style with this. It's more of um. It's more drawn, like uh, I guess the best way to describe it. It feels like um, more rougher drawings. It's rough. It's pretty much the visual aesthetic I got from it, uh, and in a good way, right? Like it, the movie still looks beautiful, regardless. It's taking a ton of the things where it's doing um, the two D layering on top of three D models, which most likely, I mean, it obviously changed up. Movies could go forward doing these techniques and do some really interesting stuff with it basically it's just experimenting art style wise with it and i think it actually looks really great like it looks distinct enough from spider-verse at both movies that like i think it definitely is really showing the fact that like we could be going into a future in which animated more animated movies but like a, a ton of them could start looking like this not to forget about other stuff though so like Pixar is getting kind of old with its stuff and they kind of need to do something new, right? Like, especially um, with, unfortunately, the Kraken movie. I can't remember what, it name, what its name was. I wanted to check that one out, genuinely. But I remember it being said that it's extremely boring. I'm kind of sad. I'll check that out, though, for myself. But um, Turtles was cool. Cool. Biggest thing everyone always talks about takeaway from it is that the, the they feel like teenagers. All of the turtles feel like teenagers. I think that actually is like, it's not to be understated. (laughs) And the best part of it is that they reference things like uh, they've (laughs) the movie. I could say this is going to be kind of dated. I will say that because all the references and things that they do are very much of the time. Right. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, that's what makes them teenagers. 
the fact that they're going to do things that are going to be at some point dated. Um, that being said, just because they make jokes and do some things that could be considered dated or probably will be uh, most definitely be considered dated definitely means that the movie's overall themes and what it goes for in the story won't be like it's it's not going to be dated it's really well done um they focus a lot on the i want to say the kind of the heart of the turtles more than anything else the idea of them wanting to go to the surface world and their desire to kind of just have that feeling of acceptance and i think it's a good take I think like it's a really good take that's not admittedly been done before with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They really homer in the fact that like they want to be normal. Like they've grown up with the society that's just happening around them. Life is happening around them and they can't be a part of it. And it's you feel bad for them. They also play on the idea of like, um, I'm trying to look, uh, it's racism or like prejudice, I should say. But, like, it's, um, I'm forgetting the words for it. It's, uh, I want to say, like, generational prejudice is what I'm looking for. My bad, guys. But, like, yeah. They're looking for, it focuses on generational prejudice involving Master Splinter. Jackie Chan as Master Splinter is awesome, by the way. Um, but with Master Splinter and Superfly being the, the head of their own households, quote-unquote, and then kind of bleeding that level of like hatred into their children so to speak quote unquote right or at least their families that they take care of um their personal like experiences well not hatred but their personal experiences coming to to play superfly superfly's case it is hatred and it is played off as hatred from master splinter as well but both of them come from a perspective of wanting to protect their own. So it's really kind of, it's it's interesting, right? So that, that's why I said it's not like full on like racism. It's more like generational prejudice. Is the best way to describe it. Because it's, it's, the way it's done is interesting. Um, Also, like, like I said, I like the, the real push with the turtles wanting, like genuinely wanting to be a part of the human world. Like there's, they're just looking around at it being like, I could be in this. Um, that being said, once again, guys should check it out. Definitely a cool one. Oh, and I gotta mention, they have some really cool action slash references, like, uh, like things in this movie. Like they do a bunch of little Easter eggs and a bunch of really cool. Act- there is one in particular in like the middle of the film that like, cinem- like cinematography wise is sick. Like, it's just they it is best way I could describe it because slight spoilers, but I, I don't think it's that much of a spoilers is the turtles at some point are taking on a um like a gang, like just different parts of a gang, essentially. So like basically um it's a syndicate, has multiple kingpins, and they do it simultaneously. Like the entire fight scene is simultaneous. Where each of uh, each of the turtles get to take a lead on each of the the raids and slowly whittling down like information throughout it but like the entire shot is as if they're doing all of it at the same time and it's cool like it is i'm not gonna front it is a cool scene i remember just looking at it being like i like this i like this a lot <laughs> um but definitely definitely guys go go watch it it's it's great it's great um other thing i would check it out 
So, I'm gonna say this. I finished up uh, Seven Secrets. That is a fun ride. That is a fun ride. Um, it only has three volumes out. It's short and sweet. It's the best way to describe it. Um, I had, yeah, so this is uh, Seven Secrets by Boom Studios. Like, this is theirs. Uh, I wanna say, I'll say this. I feel like that the series is surprisingly a little short lived. And it does feel a little rushed towards the um, towards the conclusions. Um, it there's my one of my complaints is that it does a thing, and we're gonna be touching on minor slash, I guess technically inferential major spoilers for the stories just to be sure. But like I said, it's like three volumes. Want to go check it out? I've talked about Secret Seven for like a long time now, so like just be prepared for me going into that right now. But um, they do a thing where that's why I can describe it is they do the redeemable villain thing, but I don't like I just don't feel like they're deserving of it, if that makes any sense. Like, um, that's why I can describe it is just. There's a there's a moment where it's like someone that has been committing atrocities kind of gets to walk free. Someone. I'm, I'm going to really point that out. Like it's it's not inherently. I don't want to do anything too crazy with it. But like gets to gets to kind of walk a little, a little through like without much to be done. And I'm like, that's a little lame. Um, the way the secrets are handled are in a weird way, because initially for a little bit, I'll admit this in the story. I wasn't liking how the secrets started to be handled. But I turned around on it by the end. Like, by the actual end of the series, I was like, okay, I kind of... I kind of actually like this. This is kind of cool. Um, Seven Secrets is definitely one of those things. It's like, it is... It's a fun ride. It's like a... Actually, just a fun ride. I wish, like I said before, it took more time. Like, there should be maybe a fourth volume to this to really flesh out some things. One of my actual complaints about the series is that they really off, really early off the gates, they introduce you to what is essentially 14 different badass characters, and we really don't get to do much with, like, half of them. Half of them we don't get to do anything with. Um, and the other half are around and we get to see like we kind of are cool with them but like the story granted the story is very much focused on casper but i just feel like the there's just certain characters it's casper and ava are mainly the takeaways a lot for a lot of this story like it's just that um titus titus as well um but i just feel like there are just some characters certain explanations that I I feel like were meant to be dragged on just a little bit longer or talked about just a little bit longer it, it does seem like it got rushed a bit towards the end and I don't know if it's because of sales for uh, Secret 7 but it did finish to its completion like it's done like the story is done so I can't really I can't see it being anything uh anything to get like to continue onwards it's not the story can can't have a continuation right but I, I definitely feel like it's not a 
it's not gonna be a thing, right? Like it's it's not gonna continue in any way. But it is a forced shame because, like I said, there's a ton of really cool characters in this that we just don't really get to talk about a lot. Much. I still recommend it, just for the simple fact that, like, the initial, honestly, the first, I want to say the first two volumes are really good. The third volume is not bad. It's not bad. But there's just obviously some things that need to be... It is broken up into essentially three acts, and there probably should have been just more, more, more rising action, technically speaking, before we got to where we were. But I think it is broken up in a decent way, where it's, you have your beginning, middle, and end. That's just how many. And I guess it's probably something that wasn't really realized when it was being done in issues, as, you know, it was dropping as issues went out and then by the time volumes happen it's, it's three volumes so but still cool definitely like personally i think i give it like a eight eight or a seven within that range um i don't think it's i think it's super cool right i think the concept is cool i think the world is cool i just don't think we spend enough time in it is the, the genuine thing i feel about it um but well, I mean, if you were interested in the story, go check. It's it's three volumes, man. Like they got, they have to have. Well, they don't have to have it yet. But they're probably gonna have a full omnibus of it at some point because you know, it wouldn't take much to put those three together. Um. Besides that, I checked out another movie. So we have another movie review in here that was kind of fun. Um. Got a chance to watch. Uh. They clone Tyrone. Now, that one was fun. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. So, that one's on Netflix. So, if you want to go check that one out, nothing's stopping you. You go ahead and hit up Netflix. And then type in the Clone Tyrone. And you can watch it tonight. <laughs> um, but, fun part about that one is... Um, this is a... It is so hard to describe the time period this movie is in. <laughs> This is, this is a black, like, you know what? The way I want to describe this is this. This is a black exploitation movie with, like, a lot, <laughs> a lot more going on than initially entailed, and I like it because of that. So, basic concept, and, you know, spoilers for the movie, so to speak, but, like, if you, if you want my personal opinion, I like, I highly recommend it. Just go watch it blind. Genuinely. Go watch it blind. Because the less you know, I feel like the better. Like, the, obviously the title tells you enough already, but I don't want you to go in and know anymore. But uh, after this, I'm going to be telling spoilers. So I'm giving you guys like a heads up to be able to get out. So if you want to watch The Clone Tyrone, you, I'm giving you, this is your buffer. So, you know, in three, two, one. Okay. So, here's the deal with They Clone Tyrone. So, obviously, <laughs> as the title says, they cloned him. Um, but the entire show is about, like, uh, well, I said show, it's a movie. The entire movie is about uh, our main character, Tyrone, who is a drug dealer. He's a drug dealer in the hood. And, like I said this before, I'm not sure when this is supposed to take place. Because parts of it feels like the... Okay certain characters feel like they come from certain eras 
So for instance, the pimp feels like he comes from like the 80s or the 70s with the way he is. Tyrone seems more modern in that uh in that kind of way. And obviously, uh pff, what's her name? The hooker character who Damn, I'm mad that I don't remember what her name was. But she dresses up much to the same kind of like 70s, 80s kind of aesthetic as the pimp does. Um The Pimp is played by Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is doing I can't remember, I can't remember anybody's name. I remember Tyrone's obviously because he's in the thing. But like, um Let me see. Cause now I need to now I need to remember everyone's name. Uh do you know what's crazy? I just remembered this. Your main character is not even named uh, Tyrone. It's Fontaine. <laughs> um, but here's the deal. So, uh, John Boyega's character, who is Fontaine, he's the main drug dealer, right? Um, Slick Charles was played by Jamie Foxx. That's the pimp. And Yo-Yo. Why could I not remember Yo-Yo? I don't know. It's going to bother me now. But, um, <laughs> but Yo-Yo is played by Tiana Paris. And, um, they do a great job. They do. John Boyega is killing it. <laughs> Jamie Foxx is killing it. And honestly, the, the heart of the whole, like, the genuine movie is, um, is Tiana. I mean, well... Yeah, Tiana is doing great as, as Yo-Yo. Um, so, deal is, Fontaine, drug dealer, gets into some trouble, right, with another drug dealer who's trying to, um, to move in on his turf. Gets shot, gets killed, wakes up the next day. Excuse me. <laughs> huh. Um, it's upon this that he, something doesn't feel right and the day seems to kind of, like, kind of play again big problem is is that uh mr slick charles was there when he got shot <laughs> and so when tyrone pulls up to his place to get his money back again he's like dude you took it and i also watched you get like blown up like they they, they took you out bro <laughs> you shouldn't be here <laughs> so obviously fontaine is really confused and so they're like yo look what you could do is you could ask Yo-Yo, right? Yo-Yo knows she saw you. She was mad at me, but she was on the way out and she saw you. You talked to her straight up. Ask her. They go and find Yo-Yo. You know, it's like, yeah, um, I saw and I might have even, he's like, I saw you. I might even see who, who did it. So deal is, is that they, um, and this is what's crazy. Earlier in the day, they see like a, uh, Fontaine sees a black car pull up and grab some dude that was kind of walking around a little strangely. Just, just eat him. Eat him into the nearest thing. So it's like, okay. Um, so she sees that car. And that's who they, that's who she recognized. See, that's what she saw. And so they go, and uh, as they're driving, they, well, actually, they're headed in the direction because she actually saw who actually killed him. And um, they see the, the, the car and Tyrone is thrown off by it because like the whole day has been off to him and the fact that like everyone's seen him but he can't remember ever going and all this stuff it's throwing him off so he goes and investigates because they see the car pulled up in one of the driveways and upon investigating they find an empty house with a break room and an elevator that leads to a lab underneath the hood (laughs) 
And what ensues is what essentially is um, a bunch of conspiracy theories about certain problems in the hood and where they come from and certain bits about black culture and hood culture that we just accept and go about and do things with. And honestly, I like where this goes a lot. And I'm not, like I'm saying this right now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's fun to talk about some of these things. And it, the movie definitely plays into the idea of like, we're just gonna talk about it. There is commentary to be made. The, the thing is full of commentary to be made, but the way they talk about it, the answers they give, I like it. I like it a lot, all right? <laughs> um, so, movie obviously continues on with them, you know, going throughout and discovering more. First, initially finding the lab and then coming back and realizing that the lab's gone. And every time that they do something like this, where they crack a little bit closer, get a little bit closer, um, their, uh, their worldview is shattered or those the things that they got close to finding disappears. So, obviously... We get some really cool stuff out of this. Um, one of the major things being that, uh, here it comes. One of the major things being that both Slick Charles and Fontaine themselves aren't real. They are fabrications, so to speak. Tools meant to keep people a certain way, to keep a neighborhood a certain way, because that's what people need. That's what society needs. Society needs the poor, quote-unquote, to exist, the impoverished, so that it could always be worse. You know what I mean? Gotta keep a neighborhood a certain way. Can't allow it to, to grow, to get better. And so that's what they're for. That's, uh, that's what they're for. Yo-Yo, on the other hand, is an actual person. The only real person, quote-unquote, in this film. Which is really interesting, considering, like I said, she's kind of the heart of the film. Um... And, oh man, it just kind of kind of unravels from there, and I'll let you guys watch the rest. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's super cool. I, I actually really enjoy that film. It's not, I'm not going to say, like, it's going to be one of my favorites of all times, but it's going to stick with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's not in, it's not in my top ten. But I would definitely give it, like, an eight, pushing into a nine. Right? Like, it's doing its best to push into a nine. I think, it, like I said, I think where it goes and what it does and everyone's performances in it, really cool, really dope. I enjoy the idea. It reminds me, actually, straight up, it reminds me of a monkey's paw film. Um, and for those that don't know, that's, um, that's Jordan Peele's studio, I believe. Because, yeah, because Michael Key is the other one. So, yes, it's Jordan Peele's studio. So, basically... It reminds me a lot of Us. It reminds me a lot of um, Get Out. It reminds me a lot of all of those films. It's just that it's not one of those films. <laughs> um, like I said before, one of the things that's really fun about it is it's weird aesthetic. Where it's like, technically it's modern day. But like, characters don't inherently in the modern day. Like some, Fontaine feels like he's in the 90s. Right? Like Fontaine himself feels like he's in the 90s. Whereas, um... Whereas someone like, uh, like I said, uh, Slick Charles and Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo's weird because her personality is modern day, but the way she's dressing 
And uh, Slick Charles, on the other hand, his personality is straight up out of the like the 80s and the 70s. Um, but the way she's dressing is very like 80s <laughs> to me. And the way they shoot things, it's very much like the way things are shot and like the music that's playing. It's black exploitation hella hard. Like it's really cool though. It's like it's it's a <laughs> best way I can describe it is it's a black exploitation movie with the exploitation underlined really hard in there. <laughs> um, and I think that's a really cool way of going about things. I like I definitely like it. Um, the other thing I know I checked out a couple things. Well, actually, playing Baldur's Gate. <laughs> That's a fun thing to know. So Baldur's Gate 3 came out. That's pretty fun. Um, in fact, the game so far has been really kind of dope, but I've been having like a weird time with it because I keep getting my uh, progress reset in weird ways. So I have to adjust to remember to just apparently, and this is the way I'm going to have to approach this game from now on, save after like every decision or before any conversation or before I get into any fight. Which, maybe I'm saying this, and some people are looking at me and being like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to play CRPGs. But for, at least for me, who has played CRPGs, but, like, never beat any of them. I, I got pretty far on a ton of them. Um, I just don't do that, right? Like, I don't want to save scum in that kind of way. But, like, I just find myself running into... And this is just a fair warning for anybody playing Bowler's Gate. I just find myself running into fights I can't win. <laughs> a lot <laughs> and it's not like it's a oh you're bad at the game can't win it's like oh i've made a poor decision in a bad place or like this fight has 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 progressed outside of the level that i could handle it considering that my character is not strong enough to deal with the uh, the amount of people i'm dealing with um so for instance um, there's like a settlement of goblins, right? I'm just going to use this one as an example. Settlement of goblins in the game where it's like you're trying to find your way around and do stuff, but you want to make sure you don't piss off the wrong people because then you have the entire settlement of goblins to fight or say the wrong things because then you have an entire settlement of goblins to fight. <laughs> or, you know, you just want to make sure you put yourself in a in a position in which you're able to kind of just be like, all right, fucked up. Let's reload that and uh, not have to worry, because at least today I spent pretty much my whole day not really making any progress in the game. Not because I wasn't making progress in the game, because I had to keep restarting. He's <laughs> like, I kept getting to another thing. So I'd get far, I get further and further, and then get to another thing, and then have to restart. Then further and further, and get another thing, and have to restart. And it was like, and because I wasn't saving super often, um, that time started to kind of increase after a while. And I'm like, oh yay! Kind of started to decrease actually after a while. To be fair, because I started do saving more often to be like, hey, to combat this exact problem. So my fair warning is save often save as much as you can <laughs> um but well let's get three is super fun it's really okay i was gonna say it's really polished technically speaking the amount of quality and detail that is in this game it's super polished it's like mass effect meets a crpg essentially 
Uh, and I like the fact, actually, I really like the fact that the cutscenes actually put the camera down and have you talk to people face to face. And even if your character is not voice acted, which is fine, everyone else is. <laughs> not only is everyone else's, every person you talk to, almost literally every person you talk to, you get a cutscene almost uh, like a Mass Effect style or Dragon Age style cutscene when you're talking to people. And I think that that's really cool. That is great. With the amount of dialogue that's happening, the amount of choices that's happening. I also kind of in a situation in which the freedom of choice is a little much for me, but I'm kind of okay with it because it's whatever. It's just D&D. Um... But like, yeah, no, I have so many places to go right now just based off of quests. And I'm not really sure which one I need to follow up on first. <laughs> just to be honest, with you, I just don't. I'm just like, oh, maybe, maybe we can go over here first. Maybe we deal with this first. Maybe we do that. And I'm sure that the whole area is opened up for you to just try all of them. I'm pretty sure you can do them in any order you want to. I just kept finding myself in situations where I'm like, I can't win this at third level. I just can't <laughs> it's like i'm three levels in i can't i can't fight that <laughs> but um definitely having a lot of fun there it's a fun rpg i'm playing a monk i'm doing a monk build i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to pair with it this time around i think i might be monk fighter or something like that i'm not sure my class is a little like my entire like setup i got going is kind of a little weird so We'll definitely see, but I've run into run into some some bugs here and there, not too many. Um, I had like a really weird clash crash because I tried to save before a decision, and the decision saved. Like I kept the save, but anytime I tried to reload that save, um, it just wouldn't work for a while. So I had to. That was part of the reason why I had to even get even more progress taken away from me than that same day. So it's been a little weird. But I would definitely say that the game is super fun otherwise. Um, I've run into some weird like uh, frame hiccups here and there, but that's nothing too crazy. Um, but there's plenty more for me to, to talk about with that game. That game is fun. I, I highly recommend it. Go check it out now. Right, we're going to get into some stuff because we got to talk about the controversial stuff. There's some weird controversy surrounding it. It has nothing to do with Baldur's Gate itself, but let's talk about this. So, let's get into that. So, with uh, Baldur's Gate, pretty much, uh, the recent controversy, so to speak, is the fact that a ton of, well, other AAA devs have been coming out talking about how, it's really weird to have this, really emphasizing the fact that the amount of work that's been put in by Baldur's Gate, uh, by the Baldur's Gate studio, um, I don't know what the studio is that's working on it, but they are an indie studio i do remember that much um that it is unprecedented and that uh you shouldn't expect uh the level of detail and things going into boulder's gate to be the uh pretty much the new standard right because boulder's gate is coming out and it's it's making waves with the amount of work that 40 people put into this game um they put in a tremendous amount of work and they're actually outclassing some of the AAA developers that are out there. So we're seeing some devs from one of the ones that stood out to me that was really weird to me was one of the Insomniac devs. Because that one was just strange to me. You're making a Spider-Man game. It's an action game. Like, it's not even an RPG. <laughs> like, technically speaking, uh, they're not contemporaries. 
So it was really weird to see like an Insomniac dev come out. Uh, we've had ones from like plenty of other places too. I'm pretty sure we have one from like EA, uh, there's uh, things like that, right? Um, some of these devs were, well, a decent amount of them, having multiple things just saying that just don't expect this from, from us. And what really throws people for a loop is that it's like, I don't, A, with the amount of quality it has, I don't know why it wouldn't be considered a good new standard, considering that the price of video games are going up, especially from AAA developers. So like, you know, considering, A, considering that Baldur's Gate is like $60 and not 70 and still somehow is doing way better. <laughs> but um, it's also weird that it's like, this is a group of 40 people and granted, it was an it was an iterative experience for them. Um, they uh, pretty much was working on both Divinity games ahead of time, used that as a proving ground to show that they could do another Boulder's Gate, and then made Boulder's Gate. And Boulder's Gate was in early access for I want to say like two to three years. I want to say two to three years, um, meaning that they had been working on it for like at least two, probably two to three plus years, probably we'll say four or five years now, essentially, because they would have been working on it uh, before it went to early access. And then once the, because the, the early access was actually really well polished. Um, I think it gave you the first third of the game, the first massive chunk of the game, then the second update, and then in the final release, they gave you the full game. But they, they have everything, right? Did a bunch of balance changes, things like that. But keep in mind, these are 40 people at least for me, I find this ludicrous <laughs> that devs that are coming out from studios that have a hundred plus, a thousand plus people are talking about how they shouldn't expect this level of like quality from games going forward and that uh, that bullshit is an anomaly. And I'm looking at that being like, no, it's it's crazy what would happen if you have a bunch of people who are passionate about a project and like what they're doing, that how good and polished it could come out. So it's like when I when I look at it, at least the way I see it, if 40 people could put out this, this game that has a ridiculous amount of dialogue, multi like a multitude of endings, like we're not talking about three endings like Mass Effect trilogy, right? talking about like multiple variations on endings like maybe like I don't, I don't know exactly i didn't want to spoil myself on how many endings i could possibly get to be honest but i know that uh it has been talked about having di very different ways of like going through the game and you could see it when you talk to people there's so much openness to it right now i'm trying to figure out how to get rid of a parasite there are so many options to get rid of a parasite so many <laughs> Even in singular quests, like some of the singular quests have multiple ways of handling them and you could just fail them outright altogether, like in general, it's possible. Um, and then on top of that, there's just other ways you can do things like, yeah, sure. Like one of the ones that everyone has mentioned to me about Baldur's Gate, um, that you can, you can finesse your ways into things just by playing around in the world. So for instance, you can talk to a guard, right? try to get in you can convince them do your dice rolls as dnd would all right you could sneak in somehow maybe just stealth your way in you can uh fight your way through if you wanted to 
Or you could go around the side and physically stack boxes and climb up those and then just hop over the fence. And no one will know the wiser. And like something like that is like, yeah, no, of course that's an option. Of course that's just a random option that players can just make, right? That's fun. That's cool, right? Um, I don't see why it can't be. And then on top of that, like Baldur's Gate is a CRPG. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a CRPG. It's not like it's anything super crazy as far as like, like number wise, numerically wise, it's, it's ridiculous, right? But like, as far as like what you are doing in the game, quote unquote, like you're just game wise, you're just playing, you're just playing D&D. But you're not like, you're not playing Spider-Man, right? Or, or uh, Horizon. I think Horizon was another one that came out too. They like, like, for some reason, the Horizon does love to just dunk on anybody that like is doing video games differently because they, it's weird. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just one of those things where I just don't understand. Like, it's like you look at it and go like, okay, cool. 40 people made this. You have... A hundred, two hundred, you have hundreds. <laughs> hundreds of developers. If I don't I don't expect you to do this in two years, right? In fact, I, me personally, I'd say take as much time as they did, and you could probably do a, the same thing, if not more, because of how many people you have on it. Just working on the game in general. Like you could you know how many quests you can make, how many ways you can write around and have things come back to each other. Like you could have a team of writers of like 20 writers dedicated to just making the world feel fleshed out and creating interesting side content that's multi-layered. You just have a side quest team. In fact, you can have an act, you can have a mainline story, right, team that's covering the mainline story. They work, obviously, all these teams have to work together, right? You can have a um, front, like the, the beginning of the game, side quest team right and uh middle of the game end of the game side quest team right and then you can also have like a throughout story side quest. like with the amount of people they have they could plan like that you know what i mean you could just have people working on different parts of it as long as they're in communication with each other because it should be um it should work <laughs> quote unquote granted i know i'm not a perfect world should is a pretty good one it should just work it should work doesn't mean it will um but like I look at that and then like if you have like animators more than like again 40 people did this you have like animators working on the game people who are doing and stuff like that you have over like a hundred people let's say that you have like a hundred people alone right working on just the modeling for the game I don't understand why you can't put the level of detail this game has in you have it zoom in and do stuff like that with cameras and stuff like, like uh, in conversations obviously dialogue wise that's another story it's a matter of like getting the you know, right, right amount of people granted i say obviously since the indie studio that only has 40 people managed to get almost the entire game i'm pretty sure it's the entire game like voice acted I haven't run into a com. I really, the only person that's not voice acted is your character, and your character does have a voice. They just don't say it during cutscenes, right? He's like, but like, everyone else is voice acted completely. They even made scenes in the game, and if you're, uh, just in case that you're playing as a playable character, 
for like like romance scenes and stuff like they talk back to each other so to speak so it's like and unique dialogue for them too like it's it's like one of those things where it's like okay you have no excuse big company <laughs> you have no excuse and it's like this weird way of like trying to at least in my opinion and how my take on it has been like this weird way to try to weasel uh themselves out of taking blame when Baldur's Gate did a good thing it's showing that like maybe like you don't need the biggest budget ever to make a really good game maybe if you were just like if you put the time in and the work in and not saying that these devs, devs don't do it but like if you give people the time to work on it allow people to be passionate about the project forever long it takes in some instances you can put out something genuinely really good uh like hopefully for instance we'll, we'll look at starfield for instance hopefully starfield is great i'm not the biggest fan of Bethesda games starfield is hopefully great they got my attention with some of the gameplay stuff because it actually looks like a fun shooter now that's it tends to not make good shooters the only times they've ever really made a good shooter was like well they published two good shooters they didn't make a good shooter um no yeah was the the wolfenstein games wolfenstein and doom but i don't believe that's bethesda internal um and to be fair fallout never really played very well neither did uh none of those games actually play well they're I'll give them that they're good RPGs. It's not my cup of tea. I'll give them that they're good RPGs, though. They, they never played, like, good action games in any way, though. So, like, <laughs> for being the one that's the closest to an actual shooter. <laughs> um, but I, I still look at that and kind of go, like, okay, well, it's a little weird, right? Uh, it's that they're doing that. That's, that's really strange that we're being, like, don't take this as the new standard. It's like, nah, man, I want my games to be kind of worth it. I've never been of the mind that, like, I feel like the quality of game is what matters more than anything else if you're having enough fun. So, like, some people look at it and go, like, the amount of money I should, I've put into a game is the amount of money I should get. It's the amount of time I should get out of it. I don't inherently agree with that statement. <laughs> um, So, they like, the dollar amount should equal so someone's like if i pay 60 dollars for a game i should get at least 60 hours right i i don't agree with that one right there's this different types of games different ways of doing games different ways of playing games like all this other stuff and even then it's just even if you don't get 60 dollars out of it or 60 hours out of it doesn't mean that it's not worth 60 hours like 60 dollars in some instances now granted the price is going up and we have had a lack of games that are worth 60 dollars because the, the prestige isn't there but we've had the return of the double-A video game, which is good. It's always going to just be good for us, which is a game of high quality that's just not as expensive. Lower budget, right? But it's still good, right? It's, it's fun. And usually in those games is where you find, like, the best kind of stuff. Not saying that there's a ton of indie games that, well, to be fair, indie games are where you find the most creative stuff that are doing it, that are literally balling on the smallest budgets. <laughs> He's like, but double A is essentially, you know, just we can we can go we can go pretty hard. We we have more than nothing. We have a lot more than like a shoestring budget, but we don't have 
Call of Duty money. <laughs> we don't have, uh, well, I mean, most things don't have Call of Duty money, to be fair. Call of Duty money's kind of ridiculous. We don't have Fortnite money, which, again, most things don't have Fortnite money. That's kind of ridiculous. But things like that, you know what I mean? Um, I think that's fair to exist. Just slightly shorter experiences that are dense, right? Like they're just good. Like dense experience. It's a lot of fun, just in a smaller package. <laughs> I think that's okay. <laughs> um, but because of that, you know, we've kind of noticed that this weird little thing where it's like, I, I don't know why AAA game developers feel the need to put out broken, busted games that aren't very good. Um, especially to be fair, when you there isn't like there isn't an actual rush, right? So there's a rush to get it in by a certain quarter from your marketing. Well, not inherently marketing team, but like. Well, your marketing team also has you kind of moving a little faster because you're like, we're going to release it by this time. And I'm like, well, we got to start moving at some point. And it's like, we can delay it, but we got to start putting it in people's mind at some point. And then there's obviously um, shareholders and like the people, the investors, right? They put a timeline on you by being like, this should be out because we need it to be in, like the company's like, we need it to be in by like the first quarter. We're counting on it being in our first quarter stuff. The game's not ready by the first quarter, though. It's like, eh, well, we kind of need to be done. I kind of just wish that those kind of situations could be dealt with a little bit better, where it's just like, yeah, no, the game's fine. We just want to make sure it's the best it could possibly be, so we're moving it. It'll probably be in second or third quarter. It's like, but you're still going to get money from the other stuff, so it's a little weird. Most companies, I'm pretty sure, aren't about to turn the lights off if they miss a single deadline for like one of those things so it's a little strange to me like capcom just recently delayed uh pragmata right and i'm sure that there was something in some meeting being like that's bad but it's fine because they were able to delay it good for them right but like i don't even know what the deal with cyberpunk was because they actually didn't even need to delay it they actually just didn't need to delay it it was really weird like they're, they're like a weird outlier where it was forced out for like absolutely no reason <laughs> like like the weirdest way possible it was forced out because like i'm thinking about it and i'm like there was tons of people that were like when it's done it's done the investors were like is it done and it was like not yet and i was like well when it's done you know like everyone was very understanding about like from my understanding of the situation there was actually a ton of people that were like super understanding on the top end about what was happening with the game so it was kind of weird that it got pushed out the way it was um but i don't know what to say with some stuff like for spoken for instance i think came out as a complete game they could probably put some little extra things here and there but like its quality was a lot to do with the fact that it just, just was pretty mediocre right um that's that one's less on that one's less on the developers I'm trying to think you know i'm trying to look around my room to find games but i don't i tend not to buy bad games i i know about them my research them, but i tend not to just like if it's just straight up bad i tend not to do it <laughs> or if i know that it's falling apart it seems but i don't know it's just one of those things where you would think that triple a developers would kind of just learn the simple lesson of like hey yeah no passion about project tends to equal money if given enough time 
<laughs> Obviously, there's examples of the opposite. For instance, we can look no further than Beyond Good and Evil 2, right? That one's a game that's, like, never coming out. Honestly, Ubisoft's been going through it on its own. I don't know what's been happening over there. But I, I guess they, everything's being delayed over there, but for some reason, I don't know why they're falling apart internally. But, actually, never mind. I might know why. Racism might be the reason why they're falling apart. Well, xenophobia might be the reason they're falling apart internally. And, well, xenophobia and sexual harassment might be the reason. Those are two pretty good reasons to be falling apart internally. To be fair, right? Because, you know, everybody's just not having a good time because they're just dipping. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, that and Skull and Bones is crazy how they're just going through it. But like, huh, it's just really weird. But I guess we'll move on from that. So let's see. Is there anything else that I need to... Okay, so... We're gonna talk a little bit about... Oh! Okay, so... My, we actually have two things to talk about. Uh, three. So, check out a book called Bond Shard. Um, That is a much smaller sequel series. Well, not sequel series. It's a continuation of uh, the Stormlight Archives. I don't remember exactly which one. That one's fun. It's a... Basically, if you've been following the Stormlight Archives, um, it's a book about the Lopin and Risen, who are two minor characters who have been pretty much... Risen has shown up significantly less than Lopin, basically, throughout the books. Um, but they're two cool characters that we... Like, we basically got the origin of Risen throughout the books to find out why she's where she is by the time that you, uh, you see her in this. And so this book pretty much picks up with her being still being crippled after events of certain things that happened and um, how she's been living her life with that. Uh, we also get to see, like I said, the Lopin and get to kind of dig into his mind a little bit. I like the fact that Brandon Sanderson oh, jumps around from character to character anyway, throughout most of the main books, but he usually just chooses two is what I've noticed in these smaller ones um or at least each book tends to have a person that they singly like there's a there's a main character of book and a secondary main character of book um this one is one of the ones where it's just like yeah no we're just gonna focus on lopin and risen those are the two like there's gonna be supporting characters there's gonna be other people other people are gonna be around but we're gonna just be swapping back and forth between the two of those people the whole time i, I like it. um because, like, I think in the, the first book, the main protagonist, quote-unquote, in the first book was Kaladin, because you learn the most about him and his story and everything that's happening with him. But you definitely jump between Dalinar and Solon and everyone else as, as time went on. And then the second book, second book was Solon's book. Yeah, the second book was Solon's book. You jumped around from everyone else as well. And then the third one is Dalinar, straight up. Like, we're, we're just talking about Dalinar. I am now starting the Rhythm of War, but I have yet to find out who it's about. I think, based on what I am already reading, 
it's gonna be about Navani, and I'm like, bro, that's not what I was expecting, but I'm down, because Navani's cool. <laughs> but, uh, Gonchard's really dope. It is a cool little side story that I actually really enjoyed about them just kind of shipping off to this island and finding some new things. Oh, they find out some new things. <laughs> but that's really fun. Um, the other thing was I started reading um, Marionettes, which is a webtoon on webtoons. <laughs> that one's a fun one. I guess I would do like a quick little thing with that. Marionette's really cool. You guys could go check it out. Basically, um, this is it's like a weird time period. I want to say it's like industrial period. Uh, like a industrial period fantasy world because like some of the stuff is a little little I was gonna say it's maybe England or Germany but it's not really clear I'm gonna just say fantasy world because they never really say an exact location and I'm pretty sure it's a fake location anyway <laughs> um but basically these two well yeah probably makes the most sense maybe France considering but um Basically, these two girls are, um, let me see, I want to make sure I got their name right. Just reading it, so I'm hoping it pull up immediately. It did not pull up immediately. This is unfortunate. I'll find their name in a second. Um, I know one of them is Camille. Yes, there's Camille, and I'm trying to remember who the other one is. <laughs> uh, give me a second. Give me a second. I'm sure they have to say it sooner or later because like literally these two are having it julia there we go so camille and julia end up heading off to this um well julia is a stick in the mud but she's like a really sick of her rules uh camille is kind of a free spirit she everybody seems to like her and the two of them are best friends um they're headed off to go to a circus because everyone hits them up and goes like let's go to the circus right um julia doesn't want to go because she's kind of a punk and um, Camellia is like, yeah, I'm super down. <laughs> super down to go to the go to the circus. That sounds like fun, right? So I go there, and at some point, uh, the two of them get separated. Uh, Camellia ends up seeing something she shouldn't see at the circus and is, for all intents and purposes, murdered. <laughs> um, Julia then leaves, heading home without her friend, thinking that her friend already left, only to realize that she never came home, so she decides to investigate by going back to the circus. Only where, uh, when she goes to investigate, she gets killed, too. Um, ultimately, Julia is forced to make a deal with something. We don't really know what. And whatever she makes that deal with, she is now trapped in the circus as quote-unquote a marionette that's like everyone else that is here in the circus. And the deal being that she has to kill um, the ringleader of the circus itself within a year's time so she can get a second chance at life. Well, yeah, technically a second chance at life. She's alive now, but if the year passes and Homeboy's not dead, bye-bye second life. And apparently everyone, everyone else has had a deal of similar nature to be fair i don't trust that like everyone made the same deal so far i just know that everyone made a deal i get the feeling that her deal is different um but that's just me going off of my intuition from what i've read i haven't read too far into it 
I'm like six chapters in, but I'm actually really enjoying what they got going on. I love the art style, the character designs. It's really fun. Very diverse, honestly. Um, so you guys check that one out. Like I said, it's on Webtoon Marionette. Go look at that if you like. Pretty much it's going to be, I get the feeling that this is going to be basically like Among Us. <laughs> this sounds weird, but like, it's just going to be Julia trying to get her goal accomplished to kill this ringleader whereas i feel like a lot of other people are going to be indebted to him and i feel like their deal is different i really feel like their deal is different something doesn't seem right something doesn't sit right to me <laughs> but um definitely go check it out it's really cool um the circus is on giant treads and it's almost the size of a city so it's kind of dope that it's moving around the way it is so that's just one of the little things about the world that i was like oh, that's kind of sick <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> but by all means, go check it out, guys. Um, besides that, because there's one other thing. Yeah. So I played Pseudo Regalia by Riz, a uh, friend of the podcast, Riz. Uh, yeah, nah, Pseudo Regalia is dope. I believe this is their, this is his first, uh, like, official release game. Like, he's, I know Riz has done, like, Game Jam games, right? Uh, a ton of other stuff like that that you can play. Like, um, Stratosphere and things of that nature, because Stratosphere is fun. But this one, I think, is the, well, it's a Metroidvania, for one. This is the first one, I think, that is an official release game that is on Steam that you can buy. If I am wrong about that, uh, Riz, don't, so please, don't be afraid to hit me up about that, just to be sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, it's dope. I really enjoy it. It's like, it's got the PlayStation 1 aesthetic. I really, if anyone knows me, they know that I love my PlayStation 1 aesthetic video games. I love them. They love me. But it's also just a 3D Metroidvania, which is fun, right? There's actually not that many of those. There's plenty of like 2D ones, right? But like there's like a 3D Metroidvania is not a thing. I mean, it is a thing not a thing often to think it's super cool but uh definitely guys go uh, check that one out when you get the chance really quality work going on over there i didn't get the chance to beat it but i definitely got a decent amount into it and i was enjoying everything that was happening in it um basically for those that don't know it's about a little goat lady trying to escape well anime goat lady <laughs> anime girl yeah it's like an anime goat girl for sure um trying to escape i don't know what this place is to be fair i haven't figured it out but it's wild <laughs> it's like you got a cool tonfa that lets you do things and uh riz is really adamant about making really fun platforming so it's if you like really fun platforming and like some definitely fun combat challenges but like really fun like inspired by like things like tony hawk and like devil may cry with the way that like gives you a moveset and adds onto that moveset and the way you're expected to use it is like straightforward but like multifaceted in different ways it's fun right genuinely fun they're doing a really good job with that one go check it out still getting updates i'm sure that there's more i believe that they're gonna add some costumes later too because uh riz loves to just redesign his characters <laughs> so you get a bunch of different uh, designs that just become models that you get to put into the game so that's fun but uh 
for sure go check them out. The other thing that's happening right now is Evo. Evo is popping off. So everything is happening. Um, so pretty much we got we got a KI announcement. I'm going to rush through everything that Evo pretty much announced because it's a lot. Um, we got a KI uh, updated announcement. So yeah, we're getting stuff for KI. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I know we're getting balance changes. I know we're getting up reses. The way they keep saying more makes me feel like we're getting another season. And I really hope we're getting another season. Because the fact that they came back after five years to do something with the game, I feel like they're going to be dropping some new characters. Like, it just it just makes sense, right? Like, you don't come back after five years just to, just to do balance updates, right? Like, balance updates is cool, don't get me wrong. But, and you get really fun tools. Maybe they might do an overhaul and give everybody new tools. They've done that before. But I'm expecting at least somebody new. Like, maybe, like, if they drop, like, two or three new characters, right? Like, just something. It don't even got to be a ton of people. It just got to be like some, it's like a couple people, <laughs> but I'm expecting that. And probably everyone's going to get like a new, new something, something new system is going to be added to the game. Whether it be like they gave you guys new supers, like some, some, right? They might give you some supers. Everyone gets to get like a second set of moves, which would be crazy. That'd be wild. I don't think that they're going to do that, but that's like a, that's just something that popped into my head. It's like a second set, um, something of that nature um besides that i know we got two new tekken characters announced well one returning one brand new character we have uh raven is back not master raven though i feel like master raven is probably gonna be a skin we got raven he's back he's cool with his blade looking self wesley snipes looking ass um he's dope <laughs> as he always is um and we have i believe it's uh and Azura? What is her name? Let me go. It's a it's a it's a Peruvian one. She's from Peru. She really likes coffee, which is uh, I'm assuming because it's Peruvian coffee. Haha, uh -huh. that's the joke. Um Azucena. Azucena is uh is the one it is. She's kinda cool though. She's kinda fun. She's got a really nice Mayan stage too. Actually, both the stages for both those characters are wild. Um, really cool to see these two characters in it. She's got a Raven's much of the same, but with like Shadow Clone stuff going on, which like looks really cool. Um, or Astral Projection, whatever you want, want to say it. It's kind of a little bit of both. Um, she, on the other hand, has this really cool, they made her a counter character. So she's, she's like dodging and zipping around. She's like doing spot dodges on people if you do it right. It looks really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Um... We also got, if I'm not mistaken, we haven't got anything from Street Fighter yet, but we did get a new announcement for um, Mortal Kombat. They announced Reptile and then two completely new characters, I think. I don't think I've ever seen them. Um, we have Ashura and I believe his name is uh, Havik. Havik? It's not Havik. It's specifically like Havik, I think. Um, they Reptile is cool. I actually really like what they did for Reptile. It's really sick that he's a little bit of both, and that he's like, um, technically, it's weird that he has a human form, but he's a ninja, and it's 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 cool. What they did with him is really dope. The other two characters are kind of like just you know they're new. I have nothing to base them off of, pretty much. It's just like they're uh, cool, I guess. One of them's a demon that you know has purified themselves so much they don't look like a demon. 
anymore. They look more human. And the other one is a weird zombie man who's doing kind of crazy. Like, he's not a zombie, but he is a zombie. Like, he's tearing off his arm and hitting you with it. And, like, he technically is able to split his body and do stuff because he's not, like, really alive. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um... Guilty Gear announced uh, Johnny. So Johnny is coming back for season three. We got a whole new season. We have a whole new season. That's actually what's really been announced. And Johnny is the first of that season. So if you like your not confirmed pedophile, not confirmed pedophile, but like, uh, I'm not telling him by saying pedophile, <laughs> but like not confirmed pedophile, uh, samurai dude, cool. Sam He's actually a cool samurai dude. <laughs> samurai pirate dude he's a lot of weird things <laughs> technically johnny is like a father to everyone on that ship he has adopted children but i don't know why there's this weird lore surrounding him part of being a pet it's weird it's weird guilty gear is weird take that for what you want it's a fun game with weird stuff going on all the time and not all of it's creepy <laughs> Um, what else do we have? What else? I know there's something else in here that we have to mention. Um, we have Undernight Inbirth 2. I'm not even gonna pretend that uh, pretend I can announce what the, the little thing size says. Yeah, size Cecil. I don't even know. I tried. Undernight Inbirth is getting another game. <laughs> that's that's the takeaway, right? Um, King of Fighters, obviously, they got their new characters coming out. They, uh, that's the other thing. They announced, they announced, uh, what is essentially the hybrid, I can only assume this is the hybrid, between Fatal Fury and Mark of the Wolves, which is weird to say because they were technically like sequel series to each other, but they have a hybrid known as Fatal Fury City of Wolves. Um, it looks really nice. They're going for more of an art, like an art style than they ever have before with this one. They only showed Rock and Terry, and it looks cool, and I'm actually really glad they decided to do that. Bravo to them. Bravo to all of you. It looks nice. Thank you, SK, for finally deciding to do this. It's always a little weird to me. I mean, obviously, Mark of the Wolves has different mechanics, but, like, it was always a little weird to me that, like, KOF pretty much had everyone, but we were always clamoring. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't have everyone. We had representatives, but we didn't have everyone. So there's a ton of characters from Goro that's missing that we don't have, to be fair. So, but it, it's weird because it's like they're like a KOF's like everyone's here, like everyone's welcome. So it's a little, little strange, but I guess they could try to slot more people in from this one. Trying to think if there's anything else I gotta really talk about. Oh, Loki truly dropped and stuff like that, but I didn't really get a chance to see it because I don't really like Loki all that much. <laughs> um Yeah, no, there was like the Overwatch invasion stuff, which I mean it's look, if you like Overwatch, it's cool. Right? It's it's nice that they're they're finally doing it, even though they decided to cancel the whole campaign which is basically the reason why two exists so it's even stupider um apparently james gunn is also canceling the dc kingdom come film i remember that being a thing 
a little sad about that. I kind of wanted to see that in live action in some way. Um, maybe we can get it as an animated movie. I would love to see Kingdom Come animated. Honestly, I would love to see a lot more comic book things just be animated. I don't need... I, especially with the MCU doing is starting to do as poorly as it's doing. Not really doing anything interesting. Um, I would really like to just see more things like Spider-Verse. Uh, it sounds really weird, but I'm a huge animation fan, right? And I don't think animation inherently is a worse form of a, of a movie or a film. Especially when you can do some of the things that, like, we're watching Spider-Verse and Ninja Turtles and, like, several other movies do with it. So I'm kind of like, I, as long as it gets... Honestly, if anything, I just want the comics to be in another form that is that just, like, enjoyable to watch on its own. Reading it as a comic is really cool. Getting to see that in motion is very different from, like, reading, obviously. I don't find much of a need to jump between something that is animated to live action. I just don't. I, I just never, I never felt the need to do that. I felt like if it was animated or if it was live action, you didn't really need to do the other. Honestly, there's more of a reason to do an animated version of something from live, like if we had that live action thing and then made it animated, Versus an animated thing to make it live action. It just doesn't work to me. You actually lose the ability to do cooler things going to live action. <laughs> but like, that's that's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, as I'm scrolling through the docket, I think that's about everything. Though. So, without further ado, I think we will call this one... Hey, is it close? Well, so as always, guys, thank you for coming out and listening to me as I ramble on for like an hour and change about pretty much all the stuff that's been happening lately. As always, you guys can go hit us up um, at paperplayaction at gmail.com. That is paperplayaction at gmail.com. You can also do that on our Twitter as well. Twitter and threads, follow us there. We usually post, we actually post a lot of stuff that like, um, we don't actually get to talk about as much uh, on the podcast. So we still have to keep an eye on stuff, but you're more likely to see it on um, our Twitter and our Instagram because I can post about it immediately, opposed to waiting till when we have enough to talk about or waiting for us to technically have enough time to talk about it. Um, so that's always good if you want to see what we're checking out what we're looking at and I really want you guys to keep an eye on as far as like indie games and stuff like that are happening um go follow us there indie games and artists there's both technically are on there so you can follow us at paper underscore action on threads and twitter whichever one is you're choosing whichever one you prefer to do oh yeah technically it's not called twitter i'm calling it twitter fx such a dumb name i don't even know it doesn't even make sense it's like what am I supposed to call it now? Am I Xing something? Or are you tweeting something? Because that doesn't now it makes less sense, right? Like it makes less sense to everybody. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what Elon's doing. Elon's doing weird stuff. He's doing stuff because he's rich. Um <laughs> The other thing is, uh, if you wanted to uh support us, you can always support us by hitting us up on our Koji, our PayPal, and our patreon if you want to subscribe there uh always hit up you can hit us up on our youtube channel as well just 
lock it in. There's definitely going to be some stuff coming you guys' way soon. Uh, we're trying to make it plants, right? I don't want to talk too much about it, but we're making plants. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll start talking about this a little bit because this is one of the projects that we've been doing in the, well, I've been doing it for a, a long time in the background. Um, you've heard us talk about D&D for a while here and there, little things here and there like that. Uh, I've been working on a homebrew set for a while known as Obelisk. Um, I'm going to be working on what I believe is going to be the third and for right now the final iteration of it that will be out to publish uh it won't be out soon but we'll definitely start moving towards that um i'm going to do a final update for them because they've been playtesting it since for like a while now <laughs> um and with that final playtest i think i'm gonna just finally start putting out the right things to get it properly published and put out there for you guys to, to play and mess around with i also might take the time to put out some of the play tests as well so um i guess within the next couple months be on the lookout for that i definitely will get started on that very soon though um so without further ado and that's just a nice little announcement for you guys to, to check out and do things with but uh, without further ado, we will call it a day. Good night. Attack of the